0: it's that time your fix is here college football is a year-round discussion with these two here's jc and morgan mike morgan of espn and jc sherbert of 24 7 sports have you covered beginning right now
1: It is indeed another installment of J.C. and Morgan. Good Monday morning to you. Episode number 216, courtesy of the Chief Sports app. And now on every platform imaginable, he is J.C. Sherbert in Shy town I am Mike Morgan on the Mecca of college football in the post-mortem Atlanta Braves playoff run. We've got positive things to talk about, despite what's going on in the world and what's going on in Major League Baseball. And for many of you in the n f l disappointing performances on a weird and wacky sunday by the by the way, on that Tyrod Taylor got the start last night i my typical weekend ends with Sunday night football, but I was pretty gassed, so I fell asleep. but I was like, you know tyrod Taylor, Virginia Tech, first off, I didn't know he was still in the league didn't know he was still in the league, and then secondly, I'm like. You know, maybe it's time for just a a quick mini deep dive. Not a full deep dive. We've got a a bigger deep dive coming up on J.C.'s favorite coach, Kalen DeBoer, who once again did great work over the weekend. Tyrod Taylor, born in 1989, played for Virginia Tech, led them to two Orange Bowls, 2009 to 2011. I think there's a generation that feels like it was all Michael Vick and then it was nothing. Virginia Tech kept being really, really good for a long time under Frank Beamer and Tyrod Taylor. Two, back then we would call them BCS Bowls, right, if you got to the Orange Bowl. So uh, pretty cool. And the, a six-round draft pick. He's played for the Ravens, the Bills, the Browns, the Chargers, the Texans, and now the Giants. Uh, he had a rough ending of the game last night, but still pretty, pretty neat to see Tyrod Taylor still in the league. JC, how are you, sir?
0: I'm um, I am good. I just had the worst sports week of my life, uh, and a lot of people that listen to this podcast know why. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> the aforementioned Braves collapse, the Gamecocks collapsed, uh, and then yesterday, my last, the last, you know, last stop at the, 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 the last stop for gas going across the desert, right? <laughs> the Bears. Uh, ugly game. Justin Fields gets hurt. The backup is a kid. It was an undrafted rookie from Division Three. That who's the backup? Good Lord, I don't even know his name, Mike. I mean, I know just about every player, a but his D3 name is Tyler. Dude? Yeah, he's from uh, he's from Shepherd College. I've never uh,
1: heard of that guy.
0: I mean, it, yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Um,
1: can, can Justin? He, can we stop blaming everybody else for Justin Fields not being a good NFL quarterback? Because all I hear is oh, they're not calling the right plays for him. They're not calling the right system for him. The personnel's not good enough. The coaches are not good enough. He called out his coaches on the offense back in like week two. Maybe he's just not the answer. And maybe they wind up taking somebody else in the draft. And oh, by the way, maybe that's not Caleb Williams. More on that later.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I am right here with you on that, brother. And I actually had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday after the game. About maybe it's it's not William, it's not binary between uh, Caleb Williams and Justin Fields maybe maybe there's another North Carolina quarterback out there that they need to consider taking. I,
1: I've been saying this for months uh, that Drake May might go number one, and I I caught um, Orlovsky, who's one of the few former players talking heads that I actually when they when he talks I listen. So many of them I just tune out. It's just. It, it's it's kind of sloppy. Let's put it that way. Uh, I actually learned something from listening to Orlovsky, and he he said, uh, like they were like leading him into. Of course, Caleb's going to be number one. It's like ah, hold off for a second. That might not go the way people think. And I've talked to a couple people that are scout guys that have said the same thing going back to a year ago that it might be Drake May. Um, we'll, we'll talk about. The Trojans and Irish game uh, later on, but that's uh, that's an interesting uh, thing to look forward to. But yeah, it was uh, it was a rough a rough weekend for um, a, a lot of fan bases across college football. By the way, I, I don't mention this enough. Uh, we thank the thousands of you that tune in every day, and we love you on Spotify. We love you on iTunes. We love you on Google Play. And yes, I am an Android person. So Google Play has a spot in my heart. Do not laugh. Um, but we do. We are now on every platform, and the uh, YouTube audience continues to increase, not because of our pretty faces, believe you me. I mean, that, that's we're not, we're not winning over points uh, from that. But you, if you get to watch it, uh, you see a number of things. Of course, you get to see our sponsors and patron them and some other little graphics and things that our producer, uh, Phil Molinax Mad dog cooks up. So it's another way to watch it. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm at the gym or what have you, but I if they're on YouTube, I put it on the video. I'm just one of those people. I like I like seeing the people who are talking, not because, again, it's not a, a looks thing necessarily. It's just a deeper connection. So... We do that. I know we haven't mentioned that enough, and we also do this every Monday morning live. We're not going to scatterbrain you all over the place like we have in the past if you want to hear it live. We get our first crack at everything, so we continue to do that every Monday. That's going to be here to stay from now until perhaps the end of time, barring some scheduling conflicts with the schedules of uh, myself, JC, and Phil. Uh, also, the website, jcandmorgan.com. We've got a few email intri- uh, email entries Uh, In the mailbag, we always encourage you to do that. We'll read your emails on the air in the latter part of the show slash podcast. Okay, Uh, just some overarching thoughts on Week 7, JC, before we get into the JC5. I watched a lot of football, either live or or recorded, uh, over the weekend. Uh, A couple things that you have hit on that I I think you were – you were telling no lies. Washington, Oregon is a rivalry I've never been able to see or broadcast. One of the few. And, I mean, I've, I've had a chance. I've had the luxury, the privilege to cover some pretty good ones. Uh, Auburn, Alabama, when I was working in Columbus, Georgia, I mean, that's right on the border. So uh, hosting a sports talk show there, every other phone call is either Auburn or Alabama, and Alabama and Auburn, and, of course, Georgia. Um Got to cover at a young age, Florida, Florida State, and got to cover Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina. That is for those of you that are unfamiliar with that terminology. Uh, that is to me still one of the most underrated rivalries in college football. It, it, the ones that dominate a state without a pro team, I really think have a special touch to it because it's all that's going on in the state, and and so everybody is um, is tuned into that. Now, there's a lot more going on in Washington and Oregon, uh, and I've only been to those states once, and I've never been to the campus of either. But to your point last week, I I watched a little background on the history of that rivalry. It is really, really good. And for the second straight year, uh, we were treated to another classic. And as a Heisman voter, i got to say, it ain't Caleb Williams at the top of the list. It's it's Penix, and really he's been there for a while. But I don't talk about Heisman stuff through like three or four weeks. We're now through seven, you know, and and now you start like some of the stats are are legit. Some of the the things that you balance on what really is an adequate measure of how good a player or a team is versus what we would have looked at three four weeks ago. Now we're starting to get a good gauge. Uh, and I think he's as good as any player in college football. He's still got big games left and we'll see how, how it shakes out but he was outstanding. the game was outstanding some questionable moves from Oregon late in that game uh, Dan Lanning uh, fell on the sword for as he should have uh, sometimes three is better than zero folks but uh, but that was an outstanding matchup that and well I think that really stole the show Notre Dame blew out. I mean Cale Williams throws three picks in the blink of an eye. That game was over. You had some you had some good matchups in the SEC. The the Florida South Carolina game that you mentioned was an entertaining one to say the least. Uh and oh by the way, Friday night, Deion Sanders Prime himself had a 29-0 lead over an awful Stanford team and blew it. When I woke up the next day, I was like, what the hell happened? Uh, Well, you're the most penalized team in college football and you have no discipline in the secondary. That's what happened. And Stanford took advantage of it and beat uh, the fighting primes. Um, what stood out to you this weekend before we dive right into the JC5?
0: Well, the Notre Dame situation, Um, I kind of used some reverse psychology on them last week. uh, And they, they went out and took care of business and Southern Cal looked awful. Uh, this number stood out to me from that game, though, Mike. 251. That's how many yards of total offense Notre Dame had. Now, there is some hidden yardage in there, what you call hidden yardage, where a big kick return or a defensive score, that's yardage, but it doesn't count for your offense. They did have a 99-yard kickoff return mm-hmm. for a touchdown, but Southern County nine penalties, 75 yards. They could only muster 103 on the ground. You mentioned the three picks. They turned it over five times, despite outgaining the iris 302 to 251 and having a 10 minute advantage in time of possession which is another weird stat um they lose by four touchdowns 48 <laughs> 20 and sometimes you look at this game and you go stats don't always tell the story you know because that there there's a there's a game where notre dame almost they doubled up the score on, on the mighty trojans and uh got out gained and you know, turnovers and special teams were really the difference in that ball game. Caleb Williams did not play his best, to stay, say the least. They looked uncomfortable. The weather was sort of uncomfortable around here uh, all day on Saturday. So I think that, that maybe slowed them down a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. Those leprechauns at Notre Dame Stadium were out yesterday because that, that was just a weird final score compared to statistics, uh, I thought. Um, you know, I, you mentioned – uh, Washington, Oregon. I have been to both campuses, Mike, uh, not for games. Uh, I'd love to go to a game some, at both places actually. Um, and it's different, you know, Washington's right there in Seattle, uh, in a city, uh, it, it does have a nice campus. The stadium's right there on Lake Columbia, you know, Eugene is, is a lot like Clemson, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama. Uh, it's a college town, smaller place, mm-hmm. two hours South of Portland, uh, you know, there's a little different cultures there and stuff, but it's uh, it is a very underrated rivalry. When those two when those two are clicking and getting after it, it's uh, it's um, it's something else. So, I uh, I am I'm fired up uh, about the state of both of those programs going into the Big Ten. I think arguably those two are going to be more trouble than UCLA and SC, perhaps. Uh, for some of these big 10 uh programs that they're going to have to face uh but it's a uh it, it just all the credit to to those two two schools for getting it right and getting it rolling um i'll say this too you know about uh, uh about the SEC games there were a lot of really close ones and really telling ones um you know I, like Alabama Arkansas and we'll get to that in the JC5 i thought the A&M-Tennessee game, I told my friends, this is the one thing I got right in a long – I've gotten it right in a long time. Uh, and I was I was actually more right this past weekend as far as other schools and stuff, teams, teams I don't necessarily have a vested interest in. Uh, A&M-Tennessee, I, I told my friends Saturday morning, I was like, I, I'd hammer the under on that. Everybody thinks it's going to hmm. go over. Those two defensive lines are dominant. I said, yeah. Tennessee leads the country in sacks. Uh, and and Tennessee's defense did not disappoint. I think if you're looking at the Vols right now, Mike, that's the story of this year is that they have, they have made a jump on defense. It's not a jump to the elite defenses in the country, but they are significantly better on that side of the ball, mm-hmm. particularly in the secondary than they were last year. And that's going to allow them to win in different ways when Joe Milton's, you know, throwing it and, Knocking out a a, a beer vendor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that that's gonna allow them to win. They're running, but their run game is really good again. So uh, I felt like that was that was it. And you know, and then just kind of looking forward to this weekend, Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah. I, I, I think this is uh a chance for people to nobody's talking about Penn State enough right now because they haven't played anybody uh since West Virginia in game. Either is Michigan. And neither is Michigan. But I think I think mean, this is a chance, James Franklin and Nittany Lion Nation, for you guys to, to break the ceiling a little bit and and get a win. Because I think this year's Penn State team is definitely good enough to go into Columbus and win. Uh, I, I, I've i been up and down with Ohio State all year. Nice win at Purdue, but it's Purdue. And uh, James Franklin's coming and bringing the devil and hell and whatever you else you want to call it with him next Saturday. So you guys better – buckle up your chin straps because <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be a classic in the big 10
1: well their, their problem penn state's that is i mean they've always they've had saquon barkley they've had micah parsons i mean they've had athletes all over the field they recruit very well um but they haven't always had a great quarterback uh jewel r is is definitely more than good enough uh but again if you're franklin like you you have to win at least one of these you have to at least split Ohio State, Michigan. you cannot lose both. Um, and thank you Big Ten for participating in the relevance because remember Oregon and Washington are still technically in the pack um, and which I mean they got to be kicking themselves how that that league is being picked apart on what is overall a very good season for that uh, conference. But the big Ten has just I, I would love to talk more big Ten on this show. We haven't had a reason to. I mean, when you once you got past the Ohio State Notre Dame game, what in the world have you been able to really get excited about in the Big Ten? I mean, seriously. It just it, it's been like a, a catnap through most of seven weeks of the college football season. Now it's about to get real in the Big Ten. And now the Big Ten is going to share the big stage with conferences like the PAC and the SEC and of course the Big 12 hasn't had much to celebrate past Oklahoma-Texas, but that was a classic game a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to that uh, uh, as well. And um, I would just say, you know, overall, the, the and I know it's in your, your five, that the Tar Heels just very quietly are just winning game after game after game. Like everybody knows about Drake May, but they don't know about the running backs. And, and Tez Walker is... You know, that's what an NFL wide receiver looks like. And they now play defense like Tennessee, like they all of a sudden they can D it up. Uh, and and so you've got some interesting blood. I don't worry about the top 25 this time of year, but I did take a peek at it. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, FSU, Washington, OU, Penn State, Texas, Oregon, and the Tar Heels. Now Alabama at eleven, I'll I'll take that stock. They they will host Tennessee this weekend, and uh, you might you might be able to gauge who I like in that game based on what I just said. Uh, the SEC, we'll talk about this when we go around. The SEC has a half a dozen teams that are in the top twenty-five. Congratulations to Missouri. I, talk about somebody that nobody saw coming. You got two quarterbacks in the SEC this year. One that resides in Gainesville and Graham Mertz, who had a lackluster career at Wisconsin, who many people ranked as the 14th best quarterback in the league out of 14, who has actually been really, really good. And the other one is Brady Cook, who was booed by his own fan base a few weeks ago. and, And people were saying, bench him and get him out of there. And all that kid does is make plays and make very, very, very few mistakes. So... With all the talk about the quarterbacks at the top of the league, it's been a couple of below the radar guys that have really done well in the in the Southeastern Conference.
0: Absolutely, Mike, you're the quarterback guru on this show. I always <laughs> defer to you on that. I'll take that I, distinction. I know. I know you live it, breathe it, research it, love quarterbacks. I love uh,
1: QBs and wideouts. I do. That is I, I that admit. is
0: your thing. Uh, that's why your fantasy football team beat mine two weeks ago. Thanks uh, for that talking crap. Uh, t- yeah, like uh, by, by the way, just as an aside. The Bears' backup quarterback is named Tyson Baggint. He's from. He's an undrafted free agent uh, from uh, rookie for rookie now from Division Three Shepherd College in West Virginia.
1: You just made that up. That's not even a real thing.
0: <laughs> nope, that's him. That's like a Dungeons and uh, Dragons and, character. And he and he had he had he, he did leave lead a scoring drive yesterday and had some good moments, but he also threw like. Uh, with the game on the line, he threw this moon ball interception. I mean, I don't think he even got hit, Mike. The ball went almost straight up in the air. <laughs> oh, gosh. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that's him there. But, yeah, you talk about the quarterbacks. You know, Brady – They got the
1: Eberflused. About... That's what happened to the Bears Eber yesterday. Flo- they got Eberflused.
0: Eberflused. <laughs> By, uh, you know, but – <laughs> Shoot the glass, The Shoot the glass –
1: Get me they, the detonators. They, like,
0: they need one of those big Norse offensive linemen on, on the Bears, like, like Olaf Johansson, the coach for Matt oh, That's that would, that would technically should be the Vikings, but I digress. But, uh, ha, ha, ha. Anyway, uh, you mentioned the quarterbacks. Brady Cook's whole problem the whole time has been mistakes, and and he's fixed that this year. And so – naturally you know he's pretty good you know he's always had the tools he's got good feet uh good decent arm they have Missouri could make a case for best bunch of wideouts in the league I think mm-hmm. they've done a good job in the portal and taking what they've gotten and, and winning and you know, that was that was kind of a surprising result Mike I, I thought Kentucky at home would bounce back from that uh debacle of Georgia and beat him, but Missouri Missouri just beat him pretty good so hats off to those guys. Uh, and Graham Mertz, I'll say this about Mertz. He was a highly, he was one of the highest ranked quarterbacks Wisconsin had ever signed. So when he, they signed him, they thought, well, this guy's going to be the savior of the passing game, the whatever passing game they're trying to do up there, you know, at the time under, under Paul Chris, but, uh, He's not hot. He was never hot garbage. He, he, he is kind of a limited guy, but I think we know now after Saturday he can throw it down the field, and, and as long as, you know, he's got favorable matchups, he can find them. He's got some wheels, you know, uh, with Billy Napier in the situation they have at Florida at quarterback, you kind of are what you are, and you, you got to just get who you got and roll with it, and they've done that, and hats off to them. Uh, down there in Gainesville for getting that done. It's funny, these quarterback rankings are funny sometimes because two years ago, I guess it was 2021, uh, K.J. Jefferson was the 14th-ranked quarterback in the SEC. And all hmm. Arkansas did was start four and o, beat Texas, Texas A&M. Right. Uh, and, and win nine games that year, uh, beat Penn State in the bowl, beat LSU. Yeah, so sometimes those quarterback rankings, when you get down to the actual number 14, uh, and it'll be 16 next year. Uh sometimes that uh sometimes that gets you going and, and you don't do as bad as people anticipate.
1: Very true. I'll I'll say one other thing and I'm going to touch on this in the boss and then we'll get to the JC5 cuz as usual we're we're running a little behind but that's okay. You got two guys who love college football. Stuff happens. Think about the th- one 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 little Big 10 nugget. So Big 10 fans, don't say we don't talk Big 10 on this show. Especially when it's relevant and good, we talk about it. The Iowa Hawkeyes might be 60 minutes away. Fast forward one month from now, a month and a half from now. The Iowa Hawkeyes might be 60 minutes away from a playoff berth. And it's a newsflash if they get more than 25 points in a game. Remember now, we have one more year of these divisions in the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. The ACC already got rid of them. The SEC is going to get rid of them. The Big Ten is going to get rid of them, but that we're one year away. Iowa after a thrilling 15 to 6 win over Wisconsin where their most valuable player was their punter. Ha- they will host Minnesota, take on dreadful Northwestern, take on dreadful Rutgers, take on not very good Illinois, although Illinois picked up a big win over the weekend, and then take on dreadful Nebraska. If they went out, they're in the Big 10 championship game. Now they'll be in a, a heavy underdog obviously, but could you if they pulled off an upset? This, this could be the worst offense ever in the playoff era, and somehow they snuck in. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it in, in a crazy year of college football. It could happen. That's all I'm saying.
0: And I was stunned they they held Wisconsin. I mean, I think they were actually really, really good on defense. I mean, they, Wisconsin was coming. I think Wisconsin was about an eight- or nine-point favorite at Camp Randall. Mm-hmm. The mighty Phil Longo dialing up ball plays for the Badgers who – you know they they Badgers had stumped their toe at Washington State earlier this year, the non com but they were off to a really good start. Uh, and then Iowa just went in there and smacked them in the face with a with an olive loaf. I mean, it's just you know, that's just kind of how I describe games like that. You know, it's just olive uh, loaf, an mm. olive. You know, like you get the olive. You see, you, you go to the deli meat counter and you go all the way down to the end, and there's this green thing with green splotches in it, and it's called olive loaf. I've never had it before in my life, but if you took a whole one of those and just beat the tar out of somebody with it, that's Iowa's defense. And uh, <laughs> Iowa in general, because it's just, it, it's not even an unpleasant, it's not even a pleasant beating. It's unpleasant because it's so ugly and you're probably frustrated out of your mind, but uh, that, that's what it is. It's like Phil, Phil
1: Parker them. is the, is the head of the olive loaf defense, which <laughs> I is. think we ought to print t-shirts of to that tomorrow. So kudos <laughs> to Phil I'll Parker. He's know. in the boss.
0: He, oh, he's good, segment. he's good too. So anyway, but that's, uh, yeah, that, the Iowa Hawkeyes could be uh, could play spoiler and, man, I could, they get in the playoff board. They're yeah. going
1: to be favored in every game they have left. They're going to be favored in every game they have left, and, and their offensive coordinator is below that 25-point <laughs> threshold where basically he was kind of given an ultimatum. <laughs> and if you haven't seen, I can't remember who does this. Is it Sicko's committee? It's one of the funniest things on Twitter. Remember the old cliffhangers game on Price is Right where you had the guy yodeling and every time, every dollar you were off the price, he'd go, you'd be higher and higher up the cliff until you fell off and then you'd lose. So he's got like that that final tally, which is like 325 points, whatever it is. And every time they score, in this case, what, 16 points or 15 points, don't want to give him too much credit, he just moves up 15, you hoo and he's he's got a ways to go. He's got a way of course we're talking about the coach's son who's the OC. Uh nepotism Terrible. at its finest. We saw some nepotism on the broadcast the game when I without mentioning names. When you've got a marquee game you you, you got to do better, like really. You 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 got to do better folks. Um there'll be a time where I can really do a deep dive on certain uh broadcasting uh Formations, let's just say. I know I know how a lot of these people get hired and how the business is run. I've been in it for a while now. When you've got a marquee game, that's not the time to just throw out uh, certain people because you're kind of doing a solid, if you know what I mean. Anyway, all right, let's get into the JC five.
0: Well, the, the fate of an entire nation depends. The, on.
1: Yes, I forgot my tagline. The morale of an entire nation relies heavily. Right now, the New York Stock Exchange, they're, they're ringing the bell. They're waiting to see what J.C. comes up with. The economy will certainly... Uh, I, I predict by the end of this, mortgage rates will actually fall below 7.5%. I predict the price of bacon and eggs will go back to what they were a few years ago. I predict the price of gas will go down a dollar a gallon. I f- predict that the morale of a great nation will be improved once this... JC five is disseminated from coast to coast.
0: Wow. That's awesome. No pressure. Um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, the A for Kalen DeBoer and folks in the chat box, just as a, a courtesy reminder, we're going to talk a lot of game costs coming up after JC and Morgan, JC and Morgan's kind of a broader audience college football wrap up. So don't worry, Jonathan. Uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 sad wound healing will commence. But we the get ITG the coming up at eleven get, to two. Yeah, eleven That's to two. Three hours of game, postmortem. Guys. We 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 are going to dive right into it. So, don't worry about that. We got to we got to kind of go around the country right now. So, Kalen DeBoer. I so I, and I started thinking about this last week, right? So you've had Steve Sarkeesian at Washington. I mean, since they really started to kind of come back. and Sark did a good job recruiting. They were God awful when he got there, but he finished with a 500 record before he took Southern Cal and left. Well, they replaced him with Chris Peterson, who nobody thought was ever leaving Boise State. And everybody was like, if he does leave Boise State, he's going to win big. And he goes to UW and look, he took him to the playoff. And then they were just kind of good. And then he, then he left. And then there was a, a year and some change worth of mistake with Jimmy Lake, who was awful. Uh, and then they go hire this guy, Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer has done a better job at Washington than Sark or Chris Peterson, in my opinion. As far as making them into consistently good on both, you know, both sides of the ball are really. I know the offense carries them, but boy, they are—they're legit, Mike. Washington, the, the Huskies are legit, and so. My thought now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's fired in two years, and you can all laugh at me. But I think Caleb DeBoer is a top-ten coach in America, uh, and just nobody's talking about him. Uh, you know, with all the Dan Landing hype or whatever, that's fine. Uh, Dan's a really good coach, uh, all that. But this guy, Caleb DeBoer, uh, is, is on the cusp of greatness, in my opinion.
1: You and I are well-traveled folk. Have you ever been to Millbank, South Dakota?
0: No, <clears> population thirty five hundred. Never been to South Dakota. Uh,
1: it's Millbank is the birthplace of American Legion baseball. They've got a windmill, which is nice, and they're in the northeastern part of South Dakota. Now, why am I breaking that down in the JC five? Because that's where Kalen DeBoer is from. He's from Milbank, South Dakota, and he was a wide receiver at Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls is where, to use a godfather term, that's where he made his bones. He won three, three NAIA national championships at Sioux Falls. You know, I always talk about I've got respect for the coaches that are grinders. They don't have anything handed to them. They got to pay their, their dues at these small schools terrible travel, no budget, no NIL money. But if the talent's equal, I'm going to beat you with my coaching ability. And that's what you have to do at these levels. Because nobody has – like, that's why the MAC has a different champion every year. Because there's no discernible difference in the overall talent. So coaching prevails. But he was at Sioux Falls and won three natties. And then he goes to Southern Illinois as a wide receiver coach. Eastern Michigan as an offensive coordinator, Fresno state as an OC. He coaches Michael Penix at Indiana in 2019 as the OC and QB coach that take a mental note of that. He goes to Fresno state for two years as the head coach does good work there, gets the Washington job and reunites with Michael Penix, who is playing by far the best football of his career, which seems like it's been 12 years in college, but nevertheless, uh, That's the story of a grinder, folks. That's Kalen DeBoer, and I'm with you. I think right now he's one of the top coaches in college football uh, and what he's done at Washington in in a short amount of time. Pretty darn impressive. Uh, Pretty darn impressive. We'll see if they can take that next step, get into the playoff, and do something when they get there, if they get there. But, yeah, I think uh, Kalen DeBoer is one of the better stories this year in the coaching ranks.
0: Anybody know where Michael Penix was originally committed to? To play college football?
1: Before Indiana? Oh, yeah. No, I do not.
0: University of Tennessee. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, he was But then what, kid. Butch
1: Jones got fired? Is that what that
0: – It was, uh, I'll say 19. Champions of so Life? No, it would have been – it would have been Pruitt. It would have been Pruitt. I, Pruitt? I, unless he was committed early to Champions of Life and then like, like an early quarterback commit – that happens sometimes. when the new staff came in, which wouldn't surprise me if Pruitt's offensive staff came in and said, oh, we don't really like this kid that much." Because <laughs> they, they were more they wanted to they wanted to have a rock throwing contest on offense up there when Pruitt was there. I'll say but, this
1: for Pruitt: like he did bring in some athletes.
0: Yeah, they got
1: terrible coach.
0: There's some guys left over. That, yeah, there's some guys left on that roster for um, for Josh Heupel. That right, good good players. So good players. Yeah. You can do it so, uh, so that's that with that, but yeah, Michael Penix, former Vol commit. So, there you go. Uh, next time, uh, you know, Joe Milton uh, destroys knocks a vendor's teeth out with, with a fastball, you could wish you had Michael Penix. Uh, Alabama, uh, what a weird game number this two. was. Bama, yeah, this is number two in the JC5. Bama, so. So I'm watching that game. Arkansas's up six nothing, but just about every time an underdog on the road might gets up six nothing, which means they get two field goals. Um uh and I'm gonna talk, yeah, you know, touchdown blocks, extra point. Yeah, that's one. But you, that means you have two drives and you come up empty. Usually that team loses, I, I've noticed through the years. Uh I would like to get some stats on it. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like six nothing. You don't put it in the end zone the first two times. It could be deflating, whatever. So Arkansas is down 24 to six. Next thing you know, they're only down three and everybody in Tuscaloosa is panicking. I'm going to say this, this Alabama team just might It just may be that it's structured to win a bunch of close games rather than blow people out like all y'all down there are accustomed to, but a win's a win. You know, and sure, you, you got to be a little concerned. Uh, uh, Bama's offensive line seemed to fall apart at key times in that game. Uh, you, you don't want to, when you have your boot on their throat, you don't want to let them up, and they did. But uh, this just may be how Alabama sort of is, is built this year, is to, you know, play defense, win close ones, uh, be a team that's hard to beat, but it's not necessarily going to beat you down.
1: 0-4 oh, in one. the SEC is Arkansas right now. We all love Sam Pittman. I think he's one of the more likable coaches in college football. They do get a, a rest – that's not a good way of putting it. Mississippi State can beat you, folks. <laughs> and they can certainly beat Arkansas. But they, they get a, the, the schedule does lighten, as we've pointed out. So if they're going to make a run, the time is now. They'll have Mississippi State at home this Saturday. And I give Arkansas a load of credit. They, they played their you-know-what's off. Alabama was just, was just better in the end. If Arkansas played that well, they would have beaten BYU. They would have won some of the games that they lost earlier this season. But they haven't for whatever reason. Uh, and so a tough loss. And, and you're right, for Bama, Miller was not great. It, it, was, it was much better the week before against A&M. But when you got a great defense, you can win games ugly. And Alabama does have a great defense in Tuscaloosa. Number three.
0: Number three, Blue Heaven, Tar Heel Blue, Mac Brown. I think it's time to start taking them seriously. I saw, and I have been here for a couple of weeks, but uh, you know, some of the other national writers are saying say after a forty-one thirty-one win over Miami that uh, it was, um, it was, um, you know, it's, it's, it was impressive. They're still undefeated. They have a clear path. They got a big game at Clemson later this year, but uh, I, I like them. Both sides of the ball have gotten better. Drake May, we've mentioned. Uh, I think they're legit, man. I think they're a contender. And and honestly, as much as I like Florida State, if it's North Carolina, Florida State and Charlotte for the ACC title, and both are undefeated, it, I'm, I'm I'm looking at that like it's going to be like a classic game. Uh, and here's the why. Mac Brown did start recruiting really, really well when he got back to North Carolina, especially in-state. Some spots in Virginia, they do a good job of the portal. Tez Walker, three touchdown receptions. He's obviously uh, helps them even more. Uh, you know, I don't know. This just may be. Uh, this may be one of those years where North Carolina is just awfully good. Uh, and look, from a personal standpoint, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Mac Brown as a human being. Uh, coming back, taking the job a second time, that never really works out. you got to be happy for him and tip your cap uh, to what he's built uh, getting up for this team this year.
1: I talk about this a lot in why programs are where they are seemingly in perpetuity. North Carolina's really never been a dominating football school, right? I mean, basketball territory, tobacco road, and before the population boom in Charlotte, there just wasn't a ton of talent relative to the states we're used to talking about, right? Like, you know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, California, et cetera, et cetera. So but Sometimes geography works in your favor. Drake May was offered a lot of money. I mean, Mac told me this point blank when I was there in the spring to do his uh, spring game. Drake May was offered a ton of money to go to other schools. Whether you want to call that tampering or whatever, in the day and age of the portal and the wild, wild west, there's no ethics, there's no anything. People just do whatever the hell they want, and the, the sport is like a rudderless ship right now. Drake May, because he grew up in the area... I grew up in a suburb of Charlotte. Brothers played there. One was on the national championship basketball team, et cetera, et cetera. Drake May stayed. He could have gone to a bigger program, he could have made more money at another program, but this just in Drake is going to be okay financially for the rest of his life. And he happens to love the area and he happens to love the program. Tez Walker, who you mentioned it was a weird path that he took to, you know, Kent state and UNC central, but he is a North Carolina kid. Right. So for him, another guy, I mean, he could have gone when there were a number of teams ringing that phone for the portal. He just, he decided it makes sense to be near home. And that's how he eventually got the waiver. And we all know the NCAA dragged their feet and looked like an idiot in the process. If you look at some of their top players they're from the state of North Carolina. Like North Carolina's not even with Mack Brown being as great a recruiter as he is. They're not at the point where they're just plucking up kids all over the country. But sometimes the geographical stars are aligned and they they I'm with you. Like they could certainly beat anybody in that ACC championship game if they get there. And were you this Miami game was the typical, okay, here's where North Carolina gets humbled. That's their past where you start buying stock and then they fall flat or even lose a game that they're like a double-digit favorite, that's Tar Heel football. and If if there's any North Carolina fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. They didn't do that this weekend. They didn't do that the weekend before. They haven't done it all year. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think think the Tar Heels and the Seminoles, if that's the matchup, because Louisville, I, I don't know how they got blown out by Pitt after beating Notre Dame, but they did. That's the crazy world of college football that we love. It seems to me like those two are on a collision course in the uh, ACC, and I think that'd be a hell of a matchup. Number four.
0: The number four item on the JC5 is Lincoln Riley better get it together. Uh, I, I remember somebody had some guts on this show a while back, and I think we were, t- in fairness, we were talking about first years, uh, but, but which coach, the, 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 the like the big hires, like Lincoln Riley, Brent Venables, Brian Kelly, which coach may not make it. And I said, Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. And look, that was a disaster Saturday night. You got, you outgained about, you held him to 251 yards and you had five turnovers. And, and I mean, uh and you're still not playing much defense. Uh, and, and, and I, 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 I just, that that was one of those games where you sit there and go, hmm, that's uh, that's Lincoln Riley uh, kind of like when he used to run into an SEC team or, or whatever at Oklahoma, kind of getting exposed a little bit. I, I don't know. I think they got to get it together, man, because you talk about NIL money. There's a lot of people out there spending a lot of money with NIL. Okay. And it's L.A., and so that kind of opportunity is plentiful. But you're not paying that guy, and I think you pointed this out last week. Nine million a year, and for a gated house in a gated community, and you gave him everything he wanted uh, to go out there and get beat forty-eight to twenty when you have a seventy-yard advantage in yardage. You know they look that bad, like just like they didn't want to be there, mm-hmm. and and that's unfortunate. A for them, and I think also for Caleb Williams stock when it comes to the NFL. What say you about Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal?
1: I mean, it's the same knock on him going back to Oklahoma. ton of points on offense, no d. And look, they won a lot of games at Oklahoma with that formula, but they never won a championship. They won Heisman trophies, but they couldn't get over the hump and win national championship trophies. And they didn't give him all that, like you said. I mean, the house that like even in a state like California, he is living large. Compare he's he's living the life of like a Hollywood mogul um they didn't do all that for him to just go 10 and 2 and get smoked in one of the marquee matchups out there in a classic rivalry against Notre Dame so I, I don't I don't know like you would think he'd be able to recruit better defensive players there than Oklahoma but sometimes I wonder if it's more than just athletes Sometimes I wonder if, if it's the culture of it's all about scoring and piling up points. There's not an ounce of complimentary football in the equation. Um, I just wonder if that's in there, if that's baked in as well. That could be an issue. That the Here's the advantage of coaching out there. They don't have the type of continual scrutiny from the national media, from – from the local media, from the twenty four seven guy, the, it's so laid back out there. California's a beautiful state, but man, oh man, it's just different. I, I can't, I can't even explain it. You just have to go. You just have to feel it. Spend a week in California. Turn on the sports radio station; they won't talk an ounce of college football. You know, watch the coverage of what's going on there. It's like it, it just doesn't even exist. That's actually going to work in your favor if you're Lincoln Riley, because at Oklahoma you're in a fishbowl, and every time you lose a game like that, it's just continual bombardment. I think he got a little tired of that, quite frankly, and chose to live a more laid-back climate. Um, so I don't know if he's ever going to be in da- if he's going to be in danger anytime soon. But I do know, to your initial point, that's not good enough. That's not why they're paying him buco buco bucks and he's going to have to pick it up for sure.
0: I think Chip Kelly also is at UCLA for that reason, too.
1: I Um, totally agree. Remember, he could have had the Florida job. He could have had a lot of jobs.
0: I think he looked at that Florida job and went – the average lifespan for a coach around right here is two and a half years. Yeah. It's like I'm good. It's like I'll go UCLA where if we win eight, they're happy. Beat Let's win eight intelligence. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. So and this is my yearly praise of the fun belt conference, Mike.
1: Number five.
0: Um uh, number five. Just looked at it, man. It is it is indeed like a miniature SEC for that level. Um, you know, I know you you, the, you have James Madison uh now in that do league. Do you see what's behind me? I saw it. Did you notice that? That is
1: Bridgeforth Stadium, you folks watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the lovely home of the undefeated Dukes.
0: Harrisburg, Virginia. Virginia.
1: Did I say – I'm sorry, I said Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Well, no, no, that's easy. It's an easy mistake to make. Easy mistake. It's in Virginia, and and I've never been there, but two prominent alums of JMU, Gary Clark, wide receiver for the Redskins, great career, and Hall of Famer Charles Haley was a fighting
0: Duke. Charles Haley, well, that's who is
1: unbelievable, man. crazy, literally, yeah, but, they but got, unbelievable player.
0: They got great tradition there. You know, Georgia State is, you know, kind of under Sean Elliott. Georgia State is is one of those programs. That, you know, they kind of fluctuate. They'll have a down year, but then they'll bounce back. They're sitting there at five and one. You got Troy. You got Louisiana. You got South Alabama, which had a just I don't remember who exactly it was. They blew out earlier this year, but it was it was a Power Five team. Um, you know, even Southern Miss has great tradition and, you know, they're struggling right now because this league is so good, but hats off to the Sun Belt, man. It's a, it's a hell of a conference and they, they, all these programs in it are, are very good programs that care about football. Well,
1: that's the key thing. Um, I, I've, I've worked a lot of games in that league over the years, um, and, It is the closest thing to, like, an SEC environment for a Group 5 league. The Mountain West is beautiful scenery, but it's not the same as the Sun Belt. Um, The Conference USA, I don't even know who's in Conference USA half the time. Different deal. The MAC again, MAC is cool. Maction is cool. But it's not the – Sunbelt, like those towns love and live for college football. It's s c c light. And I think with the demise of the pack, we're basically down to four power leagues. I think the fifth best conference for years to come, and it'll fluctuate from time to time, I think it's going to be the Sunbelt. I think it's going to be the Sunbelt, which I think is 16 teams now. And you look across the board, there's some there's – some, I mean, Marshall, go, go to – go to huntington west virginia for a game and they love their football at marshall. uh you mentioned georgia state right in atlanta. i mean there there's a lot louisiana speaking of uh billy napier. um yeah, there's just, north texas in in denton.
0: The champions of life is still holding out out there at Arkansas State. He had a yeah. three game win streak.
1: How about that?
0: Uh, man, when he, uh, this Troy game's put him back on the hot seat, though. So, Uh-oh. who knows? Hang in there, champion.
1: Hang in there. You're going to be all right, my friend. All right, we got to take a timeout. That is the JC5. We are rocking and rolling. We'll come back, go around the SEC. It is JC and Morgan on a Monday morning, presented by Lifetime Fitness, a premier athletic country club. Amazing. There's, there's seven of them in Atlanta. Uh, I first got introduced to Lifetime from a buddy of mine that lives in Memphis. And there's one right there in, in Collierville. And the moment you walk in, you realize it's just it's different. Uh, Their life spa, life cafe uh, available to both members and non-members. They offer kids classes, swim lessons, over 100 weekly group fitness classes and programs taught by the best performers in the area. Uh, Again, it's just state-of-the-art. I go to the one in Sandy Springs, not far from uh, here in Brookhaven. You can visit lifetime.life for more information. And for those of you that want a shared co-working space, that's a big thing these days. They will not be outdone in that area either. Great conference rooms, quiet phone booths, full-service kitchens with complimentary snacks and coffee. And yes, that includes access and membership to the athletic country clubs as well for more information you can call 404-446-9475, 446-9475, uh, visit lifetime.life and tell them you heard about it here on JC and Morgan. Great people and uh, terrific state-of-the-art facilities for Lifetime Fitness. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So
0: raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America And Raised in the South. Hey, folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process from project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction. They focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan Builds Partnerships one project at a time among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Malothian, Virginia and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina and South Carolina. So get on their website titan cginc.com that's com. get in touch with brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients that's titan construction group a proud sponsor of the jc and morgan podcast south carolinians this message is for you as well as for people in georgia florida and tennessee
1: GA.com. Schedule a no hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique, that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCAndMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. All right. Back with you here on JC and Morgan time to go around the sec presented by find people lifetime fitness for you, Atlanta residents. You know about lifetime fitness, seven area clubs. I, there's a special offer for our listeners. So if you want to hit it up, get a terrific deal on a membership, just email us, jcandmorgan.com. Let us know And we will take care of you. Get a really good membership for an elite gym in, uh, The Atlanta area. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, six teams ranked in the AP Top 25 from the SEC. Georgia won, getting 43 first-place votes, ahead of Michigan getting 16. Two teams that, let's be honest, have been a little light on the schedule. Alabama's 11, Ole Miss is 13, Tennessee is 17, LSU 19, and Mizzou. The surprise of the bunch is at... Twenty. When you take a look at the games coming up this weekend, pretty solid crop. Mississippi State at Arkansas, we referenced that. Arkansas could really use a win. Actually, both these teams can. State is 0-3. Arkansas is 0-4. Uh, Jefferson's having a good year for the Razorbacks. They don't have much to show for it. Mississippi State's identity has kind of been all over the map with Coach Arnett and the, a new offensive scheme and, you know, Will Rogers uh, still might break some records, but it's been a tough year in Starkville. The three thirty CBS game is one that has been talked about uh, for quite some time. Tennessee, remember Tennessee still got Georgia in Knoxville in November. Well, they've got Alabama in Tuscaloosa <clears throat> uh, again. That's a three thirty. Bama six and one. Tennessee five and one. And we'll see how good that tennessee defense is we'll see how good milrow and milton can be against two of the better defenses in the southeastern conference alabama's an early nine and a half point favorite in that game interestingly enough uh gamecocks mizzou also intriguing kind of juicy that's a 330 sec network game Talked about Cook, how good he has been, 14 TDs, three picks. Spencer Rattler has been terrific all year long as well. He has not had a ton of help. That has certainly been an issue in Columbia. That's Columbia, South Carolina, not Como. Uh, Gamecocks could really use a bounce-back win, 1-3 and three in the SEC. Mizzou 2-1 and one in the SEC. And J.C., as you know very well, Mizzou has been like kryptonite for Carolina here in recent years.
0: It's been a bad night, Eli Drinkwitz in general, because he beat Carolina the one year he was at App State too. That's right, and uh, so he's he's owned them. Um, sometimes things like this turn around though, surprisingly. I mean, Mizzou was what two and four something like that coming in last year to Columbia, South Carolina. Gamecocks had won four straight. They were five and two and ranked, and uh, Missouri beat them. So. You just never know. Uh, I do think, though, this. I I think this year Missouri is a better football team than South Carolina based on what we've seen so far. Um, And I just – it's not necessarily about Carolina. It's about Missouri and the the roster they've put together and the way they play. Uh, I thought Eli turning over play calling to Kirby Moore has been probably one of the least talked about things that have been a good thing for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And their D D coordinator, I think, is a rising star in coaching uh, as well. So, I mean, they had, they had Steve Wilkes trying to call an NFL defense two years ago and they were God awful. And then they, they just promoted this guy who was Skip Holtz DC at Louisiana tech. Right. It turns out he's a pretty good coach. So they've, uh, they've got it rolling right now as this is, this could be one of the better Missouri teams we've seen in a while. Um, you know, so I, I now can the game counts go out there and win? Certainly, uh, anything can happen, but, uh, this is not just your normal Missouri team that ekes out six wins. This is good. yeah.
1: I mean Luther Luther Burden is like he's as good as it gets in this league at the wide receiver position. Um, Fifty six grabs over eight hundred yards, five touchdowns. They use him in a variety of ways. They'll they'll go jet sweep and around. I mean he's he's sometimes it's, it's as simple as get the ball in your best athlete's hands. And he's the kind of kid they need to get more of. Like, St. Louis produces a ton of really, really good athletes. Um, Missouri has never been a program that, again, uh, much like we were talking about the Tar Heels, it just goes nationally and plucks five stars all over the country. Uh, but if they can win that territory, that would certainly go a long way. Uh, very quietly, too, their running back, Schrader, 648 yards, seven touchdowns. Like And you you hit on a key thing, and I mentioned this last week, and I'm not, so you're not talking about it now because on a fourth down on 11 with the game on the line, Billy Napier gets a, a little dump off past two yards behind the chains and a kid breaks a tackle and goes for a first down. But there was talk that Billy Napier might need to go the Eli Drinkwitz route and give up the play calling because uh, sometimes head coaches are just better off when they don't have that much on their plate. But Eli did that and... For a guy that some people had on the hot seat at the beginning of the year, which I don't think was really justified, but that's that was definitely a thing, he is having a breakout year in Como. Ole Miss-Auburn. Auburn is 0-3. The fight in Hugh freezes. Ole Miss coming off a bye, 5-1, and 2-1 and in the SEC. Very quietly, Jackson Dart has played some very good football in Oxford.
0: Mike, I'm going to tell you something. Here's a way to tell if a quarterback's going to be good or not. That's probably common sense, but we don't ever use it. If you beat out two really good quarterbacks, you're probably pretty good. Uh, I I like the Georgia situation, you know, that guy's pretty good because he beat out two pretty good quarterbacks. This guy at Ole Miss, uh, I I thought when he signed Shepard and the other kid from LSU, I was like, well, the Jackson Dart days are numbered. Uh, Not so. Uh, Hats off to Lane Kiffin for that gutsy piece of recruiting too, because what that does is you bring those guys in, and it makes Dart better. And so hats off to him as well. But that's uh, that's uh, that's kind of been one of those stories that I've looked at this year and going, well, you know, yeah, most of the guys that I looked at and go, well, they he beat out two really good quarterbacks to win this job. They've gone on to have good years.
1: Yeah. So no no doubt about it. Um, final game Army at LSU. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to make the, of it. Who the
0: hell scheduled this one? <laughs> yeah, I, was just
1: like, I keep looking at that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that a, is that a typo? What, is LSU playing Army in mid-October? They sure are. Uh, there's not much to offer on this game. is a 30-point favorite. I'll just say this. In another season, Jaden Daniels would be getting serious Heisman talk. He has been phenomenal this year. But when you got two losses, nobody cares. I mean, that's just... That's the nature of this day and a this day and age. I don't know if it started with Gino Toretta or what, but we just decided that you know, like if you don't win nine ten games, you can't you can't be up for the award anymore.
0: It's crazy, man. Yeah, we talk about the Pac-12 quarterbacks all the time, and we just uh, rattled off no pun intended Spencer Rattler, Jackson Dart, and Jaden Daniels. Uh, now Spencer's not a former Pac-12 quarterback, but he's from Arizona, so he's from that footprint. A lot of your quarterbacks out west, man. A lot of your quarterbacks out west, and some have made their way to the SEC. And uh, those guys are all having great years, but they're not on great teams. So, they're not getting invited to New York, as you said.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to to your point earlier, like the the rankings of SEC quarterbacks, man, everybody wants a mulligan on that, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of people that didn't have Cook and Mertz playing good football. You had uh, some prominent analysts uh, talking about uh, a a certain quarterback at at Tennessee in Milton being the most talented by far in the country. And uh, just like, what? Based on what? (laughs) Based on what? Um, He's he's not even in the top five this year in the SEC in quarterback play. But uh, anyway – That is your Around the SEC, again, presented by Lifetime Fitness. We'll take a timeout. We'll tell you who was the boss. Top performances of the previous week. Also get into the mailbag as well. And a final look ahead as J.C. and Morgan rolls on. Mike here for Elite Roofing and Restoration. Chances are you're a homeowner, you're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point. Could be because of wind or hail damage. Could be because it's just that time the roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances. Go ahead and call Elite Roofing and Restoration. They will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years. They provide exceptional roofing services. They offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements, as well as an extensive catalog of materials. Materials and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So, how do you do it? Well, you just start off, you can go to the website, eliteroofingga.com. That's eliteroofingga.com. Go ahead and fill out the form, get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration, don't settle for second best.
0: Uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky which is today Bourbon County.
1: Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you'll want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique, that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCAndMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. All right, welcome back. It is J.C. and Morgan. Final segment here on a Monday installment. The Boss. Boss. Godfather of soul, James Brown. The Boss. Boss. Who are the best performers of week number seven in college football? Some of these we already mentioned. How about Tez Walker? Hard not to pull for this kid after what he's been through. Six catches, 132 yards, three touchdowns. Simply put, Miami couldn't cover him. He was huge in the 41-31 win over the Canes. Just his second game in a Tar Heel uniform. Secondarily, Drake May, you just come to expect it, but he makes it just look easy. Man, it's just, it's like any other profession. I say this about people in broadcasting. If you think it's easy, it's because the people you're watching or listening to are that good that they're making it look easy. It's the classic duck where you just see him on the pond. just But down below, the water, the feet are just pumping and pumping and pumping. Drake May is that, he's that duck. He's that swan just floating on the water, throws a pretty ball, runs when you need him to, reads defenses, doesn't make many mistakes. Again, don't be surprised if he's the number one pick in the draft. I think it's going to be a great battle between him and Caleb for that distinct honor. Speaking of quality quarterbacks, if Michigan played somebody, we'd be talking more about J.J. McCarthy. We might be talking about him a lot more when they play Penn State, when they play Ohio State, when they play in the Big Ten Championship game. (laughs) against iowa uh he's he had as many passing touchdowns as incompletions three and another victory for the wolverines i'm not going to say much more about mccarthy other than he's really good but you just don't know it necessarily because michigan hasn't been they haven't played many games worth really talking about seminoles wide receiver keon coleman nine catches 140 yards one touchdown Uh, the the annual Dino Babers pitfall after getting off to a good start, Syracuse. Uh, Keon Coleman is basically unguardable. Uh, It was a transfer from Michigan State. He is a matchup nightmare.
0: Louisiana kid, too. From Louisiana, yeah. Yeah, South Carolina recruited him for a while, and then the coaching change, he kind of fell off, and he went to Michigan State, but that kid – That kid could play. You know where he almost went, Mike? Kansas. Kansas was offered a chance to walk on the basketball team. Uh, I I could see that. Toward the end of Les Miles, so they had some connections in Louisiana for the kids.
1: Jay Owens could have
0: used him, but man, Florida State got a great pickup at him. Think about
1: that. You're going to have Keon Coleman and Tez Walker in the ACC championship game if if things continue the way they are. Uh, Look, Michael Penix Jr. said at the top of the show he would get my Heisman vote today. 302 yards, four touchdowns, including the game-winner against a quality Ducks defense, one of the few teams in the pack that does play good D. Uh, Pennix is just like a robot out there. Now, he does have, for my money, the best trio of wide receivers in college football. The three that they got up there in Seattle are awfully good, and there's not a college football secondary equipped to guard three stud wideouts. That's why for years Alabama, Clemson were winning nat- national championships. That's why Ohio State... Has been continually. The programs that have a good quarterback and elite wide receivers that too many for a secondary in college to cover, they win a lot of games. Won a lot of games. Mm. Remember Al Golden? Yes. Remember Al Golden at Miami? I mean, Al Golden Mm. at Miami was kind of a punchline, like one of the many coaches at Miami that have failed in recent years. We'll see how Mario Cristobal does. Al Golden is now the DC at Notre Dame. And if you watch that game against the trojans i mean it was a masterpiece like it wasn't all caleb williams just blanking the bed notre dame had something to say about that they they put a scheme on him and they completely confused him and completely baffled him to the point where he threw three picks should have been four fumbled it and only had 199 yards passing that's that's some pretty good work. Some guys are just great coordinators, but they're not great head coaches. There's no sin in that. Golden is still an elite coordinator and put together an elite performance.
0: Agreed. Uh, I'll throw Gene Chizek in there, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. I maps mean, are freaking lootable.
0: Tar Heels have a lot of high score games, but they're better. They're significantly better on defense than they yeah. are. Yeah.
1: So. No, Gene was a great pickup for them. Yeah. Uh, talked about this game. It was one of the more entertaining ones on the board uh, from williams Bryce. I, I was texting you during that game, JC. It's going to Pearsall. It's going to Pearsall. It's going to Pearsall. He is a stud wideout in, in a league that has a bunch of stud wideouts, and they I don't know what they did on defense. That's for another show. Uh, but Pearsall just gave them hell, 10 grabs, 166 yards, a touchdown, and we talked about Mertz. 423, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. One of the better pass-catch hookups in the Southeastern Conference this year. Pearsall Pearsall was the transfer from Arizona State. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to be in the league. Like, that's what an NFL – Yeah. That that dude can ball.
0: He's a great player.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stereotypes aside, he can ball, folks.
0: When you were talking about who to stop for Florida's defense offense, who do you need to stop? You stop the running backs, and you stop Ricky Pearsall.
1: Yeah, Now, yeah, Nobody else. I mean, like they've got receivers that are capable, but they're yeah. they in that final drive. It was it was Pearsall's game, and if you try to cover him one on one, he's going to snap some ankles.
0: Oh, with well, a uh, safety, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Put a, put right, a big I'm, 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 I'm going to get into that later, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I know, I know you will. Hey, sometimes uh,
0: you just got to tip your cap. He, you know, he did have a hell of a game, so I mean, yeah. So the, the, people forget the other team has players too, but at the same time, you know.
1: There there's one age long axiom in the game of football at any level. And you talked about my affinity for quarterbacks and wide receivers. The perfect throw and perfect route will beat the perfect coverage every time. Okay, you can have Dion or whoever else back there. If it's the perfect throw and a guy that's really sharp at running the perfect route, you can't do it. It's advantage offense every time and on that particular drive that's kind of what they did. Iowa defense uh, coordinator Phil Parker mentioned him. I'm gonna boss. I'm gonna do a <laughs> this is a boss first. Give me two of those JCs for a punter. Tory Taylor! Tory Taylor of Iowa! The Aussie averaged over forty eight yards a punt. He has 17 punts inside the 20. Iowa can't score a lick. They have to win on defense. And yes, punting. Punting's big if you're Iowa football. Torrey Taylor, the Aussie. It seems like Aussie punters are everywhere in college football now.
0: Good eye, American putter. I don't know
1: if you can get a scholarship.
0: You don't say, do you, Mark? There's Australian punters everywhere, eh?
1: Put another shrimp on the bobby. Let's
0: put another shrimp on the bobby.
1: Hey, how about uh, Stanford coach Troy Taylor? It was more than uh, Deion off. Sanders' team completely folding like a, like a cheap tent. Uh, Troy Taylor of Stanford helped lead his Cardinal to a comeback win while trailing 29 at the half. So who the hell is Troy Taylor, you might say? Remember a few weeks ago when Sacramento State defeated Stanford and I put the Sacramento State football stadium in the background? Well, that's where he came from. And they were 30-8 and eight in four years, and they kept going to the FCS Playoffs? 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 They had never won an FCS playoff game in history before he got there. Before that, he set all kinds of records as a quarterback at Cal. You know, who was on that search committee for Stanford when they hired him.
0: Andrew Rice.
1: yeah, kind of. She might have been. That yeah, she might have been.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure she was, but uh, yeah. she probably was. Yeah, yeah. She, she's kind of a.
1: She's a football. She's a, she was on the playoff a, committee.
0: She's a kind of a meddling booster out there with Stanford. Yeah, yeah. the ACC stuff started happening. She. Her and GW for SMU, started, they started working the phones.
1: You could do a heck of a lot worse. You, you, there, there's a lot of um, hires that have been made where they allow these former alums, distinguished alums, to kind of go in the meeting and like, hey, I played here, here's what we should hire. Without getting into specific names, I can tell you more often than not, that has failed <laughs> miserably. Uh, just because you were a good player doesn't mean you know anything about hiring a coach. But in this case, it looks like maybe they got a good one in Troy Taylor. By the way, Travis Hunter, another game where they where he played over a hundred plays. They are running that kid into the ground, and nobody says anything about it. Just just an FYI.
0: Well, he's not a uh, pitcher, Mike. I mean,
1: <laughs> he, he's not I know, the biggest kid in the world it. either. I get no, it. I mean, I, get you, it. I, I mean, look, I love it from an entertainment standpoint, but if I'm like worried about the kid's future. It's not like he's playing positions where they don't have contact. He's not a kicker.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He's a
1: wide out where you're taking hits, and he's a DB where you're delivering hits. You're playing over 100 plays a game after coming off an injury.
0: That is brutal, yeah.
1: That's a little rough. And I already mentioned Kalen DeBoer, the pride of Millbank, South Dakota. Continues to do terrific work at Washington, and that is the boss. Good crop. Good crop. As we uh, wrap things up here, we'll go to the mailbag, first from Bernie in Nashville. Guys love the podcast, and now watch it live Monday mornings on YouTube when I can. We appreciate that. We encourage all of you to do the same, even though we know a lot of you can't do that Monday morning, so you listen later. However, sometimes I have to go into the office and go back and find it. I have trouble finding the same episode on YouTube. What is the solution? Thanks and go, balls. That's a JC right. question. That's a yes.
0: No uh, just go to our YouTube page. There is a playlist called JC and Morgan, and I put we put all of our episodes there. It's on YouTube.com/slash The Big Spur. Um, it's kind of we we've got all this stuff living on the the website I owns YouTube account because it already had a bunch of subscribers, and I didn't you know sometimes building subscribers on YouTube is a little rough. Uh, and so we wanted that base there because we run our South Carolina show out of it as well. Uh, it's rebranded a little bit with Chief Sports and stuff. So just go check it out, youtube.com slash the Big Spur, and you'll see the JC and Morgan playlist right there. Bam.
1: Pow. Boom.
0: Hit that one. And uh, and then rock and roll.
1: Boom. Does that apply to Facebook too, or you can only watch this on Facebook? Facebook, live? you
0: got to go back. And uh, Phil Dog also chimed in on the private chat box. Bet you guys wish you could see that, right? <laughs> uh, all All the live YouTubes that we do are also on the app archive. <clears throat> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's archive. So because he's asking how to go back and check out the YouTube version, it's uh, it's pretty easy. But if you don't have that 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 address and you don't know what YouTube page it lives on, then obviously uh, you know that's a challenge, and and nobody would guess it's YouTube <laughs> slash the Big Spur. Uh, okay. Just because it's it's a national podcast, but it's living on a YouTube page that's, uh, you know, got a lot of subscribers and, and, and a lot of our audience. So that's that's why it's there.
1: All a uh, work in progress. Appreciate the question. Appreciate you watching. I know it's uh, easier to just listen on uh, Spotify and iTunes and everything else, but uh, appreciate you tuning in to our uh, charming faces every
0: Monday. Yeah. And, and the, <clears throat> Chief, the Chief Sports app, by the way, you can download that. Uh, for Google on on the on the Google Android store and also on the Apple App Store, and all the app has everything under the J C and Morgan
1: tab. And just a quick, uh, I, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag here. The Chief Sports app is in its infancy stages. Pretty soon, there are going to be shows for other programs across the country that will also be on that app. So you'll want to download it, no matter who you're a fan of. It won't be long before you're going to have a lot more content on that app. And it is absolutely free, so we are plugging away everything here. Why not? Yeah, yes,
0: uh, just do it. Come on, uh, just do
1: it. Uh, from Michael Mooney, catchy name. Love the new format on the pod. Uh, I'm on. I'm an Auburn fan, and haven't had much to celebrate this year. Yeah, that you are. You are right on that. But I think better days ahead with Hugh Freeze. I still think that's a, a very good hire. Two quick things. One, which Power 5 conference is left out of the playoffs? Trojans have to be out. Washington looks awesome. Two, speaking of the pack, if you guys noticed the fear national media has to criticize Deion Sanders. Blow a 29 nothing lead to one of the worst teams in college football. Then Prime turns on his players. I need more people who love the game. I love the game. That was a quote from from Deion. Uh, also, anyone notice he doesn't wear Colorado gear on the sideline? It's all gear that says Prime on it. Um I haven't noticed that, to be honest with you. I think the bigger issue was his son is selling merch at halftime on social media, and he's a starting quarterback. That is a bad, bad look. Um, I hope that was a handler. I hope that was like somebody they hired, because a lot of these schools have social media people that take over the accounts. I don't know why he would take over the account of a player who seems to be pretty capable I don't know either way it's a bad look and it, it got out there that uh, that he's doing that and I yeah look is the national media afraid of critic maybe I don't know I watched that press conference um, but that was all local media the postgame press conference there are some people from Denver that's about as far out as it goes uh, I would say it's a little soft on the questions. Not not exactly what you would have if Nick Saban blew a twenty nine nothing lead and addressed the media, because you'd have you'd have national people all over that were, would be ready to just ignite. Uh, but I think that's a that's a fair question. Fair question. Very uh, fair. Last one from Scott in Jacksonville: Does Florida have a shot against Georgia? That'll be in two weeks. They beat UT at home and South Carolina on the road. Could they catch Georgia on an off day? That's probably the best chance it, it, you got. If you're Georgia, you've got Florida in an, on a natural, uh, natural, neutral. natural grass, uh, neutral field, natural grass. They still have natural grass in Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't changed that. Don't need to with that climate. Uh, and then of course you got Tennessee in Knoxville in November. If you would ask me this question a couple of weeks ago, I would have said no chance in hell. Now. Maybe, I mean, my guess is Georgia will be about a ten-point favorite. Just my guess. Um, Georgia keeps starting slow. I mean, hell, what about Georgia, Missouri, for that matter? Missouri gave them trouble last year. Yeah, I mean, there's there's potential hiccups for Georgia. I just right now I don't see it. I I, I still think I mean Georgia's going to be in Atlanta, regardless. I think, but uh, maybe they have an off day. I've just, with that defense, I'm just, and and, and a healthy Brock Bowers, one caveat. I don't know how serious that injury is right now. If Brock Bowers is healthy the rest of the way, I don't see Georgia losing.
0: I mean, look, Georgia's defensive coaches are going to look at the film from Florida and they're going to say, okay, who do we stop again? I said this earlier. You got to stop their backs and you got to stop Ricky Pearsall. Yeah. I think uh, Camario Lasseter and those dudes in the Georgia secondary, they're going to have an answer for Pearsall, right? Yeah. And they're good enough against the run. Florida's offensive line is not the best. It's not terrible, but, and they pass protected pretty well Saturday. But, you know, they only rushed against a Gamecock team that had given up droves of rushing yards before. Florida only rushed for 71 yards Saturday. So, yeah. You know, through for 420, but they only rushed for 71. So, you know, Georgia's going to, you know, Georgia's good enough all the way around defensively to understand what they have to stop. Uh, but I also saw that game last year, Mike. Florida very undermanned in that one. Um, and Florida had their moments. Okay. It's a rivalry. Uh, and I'm sure they're sick of losing to Georgia. Because uh, <laughs> if you're a Gator, you probably feel entitled to winning that game every year. Yeah, that game's in Jacksonville. It's in Florida. We should win it. It's in the place called the Gator Bowl. Why don't we win? That's what Spurs said when he when he first got there. You know,
1: it is funny, and I know on your, on your other show, which we, we got to get you out of here soon to get on. You know, there's going to be all talk about this coach and that coach. If Billy Napier yeah. loses that game and and they were down ten with under five minutes to go, mm-hmm. the wrath of Gator Nation on Billy Napier would be insane you win that game if somehow you spring an upset against Georgia and it's Billy Napier for president that is the fickle universe we live in when it comes to college football coaching we talked about Eli Drinkwitz a lot of people wanted him gone at the beginning of the year missouri could have one of their best seasons since since becoming a team in the sec no offense to their two teams that made it to atlanta that was a terrible eastern division i you, i could make an argument this team might be better than than those two top to bottom uh, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. And if, if, look right now, Josh Heupel's living a pretty charmed life, but if they lose to Alabama and then they lose to Georgia, don't think that there won't be some heat on Josh Heupel because Tennessee fans right now, many of them think they're back. They're back. We're we're back, baby.
0: It's, it's Phil Fulmer glory days. We,
1: maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We'll find out. That's the beauty Josh, of it.
0: Josh Heupel 23 and nine at Tennessee. That's a good as solid man. Yeah, no, they, it is. I mean, is. after all the crap the, the Pruitt situation and all the worry and concern and half the roster left before he, you know, he took over. He's he's done a really good job. Look, he's done a really good job.
1: I think ninety percent of the people that call for coaches to get fired out of raw motion after a loss, it's if you made that move based on it, you'd be making a mistake. I think ninety percent of it is is just it's wrong. It's the wrong time, it's the wrong reason, it's the wrong everything. But every AD's got to answer to a lot of people, a lot of a lot of prominent boosters and all that other stuff. So, I, I mean, this year in the SEC is pretty tame in terms of coaches on the hot seat, right? We didn't have many coming in, yeah. You know. and I don't think we'll have many going out. I don't think anybody's going to be fired, honestly. That was another email I didn't get to. I'm sorry, um, and I forget the name. It might have been Richard, but somebody asked, are there any – SEC coaches on the hot seat. I don't think so. This, I well, think it's gonna be the rare year where nobody gets fired.
0: What if Jimbo loses five games? <sighs> He's already on three. He's already at three. Yeah. Dun. And I thought
1: I thought they'd beat Tennessee and they had every opportunity. Kid misses a field goal late. Um they, their Four defense loss. showed up. Yeah.
0: Four yeah. loss, Jimbo.
1: That's a good question, and they don't care about I mean, buyouts at Texas A and M. They'll, they'll yeah. pay it. Uh, they, they, they,
0: sell off an oil field. That's like, right. There right, you go. Uh, yeah, they ain't worried so about who knows, that. Man, that's interesting. Who knows? No, I
1: think I think you're right. I think that's the number one candidate. Yeah, but then who the heck did they hire? And I'm not usually one of these people that does this. Like, if it's time to go, you figure it out. If it's time to go, it's time to go. Doesn't mean you're going to make a great hire, but if so, I don't know if it's time to go yet. I don't – that's going to be interesting to watch. we got a fascinating final six weeks or so of college football, Mm. and a lot of these things will be figured out. Hey, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Episode number 216. As always, you can catch us, jcandmorgan.com, and every format imaginable to catch us each and every week on the show. Our thanks to Mad Dog Phil Molinax behind the proverbial and mythical glass. For J.C., And for everybody tuning in, this is Mike saying so long. We'll see you next week on JC and Morgan.